Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Dan Call was a real deal preacher man with an affinity for the fine craftsmanship of whiskey. And in the early 1860s, a young Jasper Jack Daniel stumbles onto his family farm. Until recently, the official legend was that the preacher man Dan showed Jack the mystical ways of the still. But as it turns out, there is someone else on the farm. Someone who proves to be vital to Jack's evolution into godfather of whiskey. Nathan, Uncle Nearest, Green. That story and more after this brief interruption. So I'm looking at my notes for this episode, and I've managed to scribble only one thing down. Jack is like visiting an old friend and forgetting why you ever lost touch. In theme with our founding principle, to drink is to live, we're exploring how Jack Daniel's whiskey has been interwoven into the fabric of our lives and our many stories together. We're joined by a fresh voice in our conversation, Devin's best friend, Kyle Balkama. Kyle has been on a very similar bourbon journey to ours, inspired, of course, by our dad's bourbon library. In many ways, this is truly growing into our version of a book club, and everyone is consuming chapters faster than we can assign them. Welcome, Kyle. What's going on? Good to, good to see you. Good to see you too. How you been? I like promised you nudity, but there's uh, that's not what we do here. <laughs> Kyle, you do have to do initiation and take off your shirt, but. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, like, but if you want me, or Devin's like, if you want me just to send the videos I already have, that's fine too. Let me get like two drinks in, my shirt will be off, don't worry. <laughs> we are glad to have Kyle's expertise. And admittedly, we were a little embarrassed that this would be Kyle's first episode since we were choosing a whiskey that we all felt a little underwhelmed about, or at least a little nervous to talk about in a positive way. <laughs> Jack Daniels. See, Jack is just one of those old whiskeys that's on everyone's shelf, but everyone has a memory. Everybody has some story connected with Jack. Jack is a rock and rollers whiskey. It's passed around at parties. It sits by the fire. It's super drinkable and everybody knows it. But of course, not all of us can go with the classic number seven. Some of us want a fancier Jack, and that's fine. And some of us, Uncle Timmy, just want a taste. All right, hey guys, I'm just gonna admit, I wimped out. Timmy bought what is affectionately referred to as a nip from a basket at his liquor store. Kyle did not wimp out. So here's what, I, uh, here, let me tell you. What did you get? What? So Alec and I got the same. We got the 750 milliliter number seven Jack Daniels. And here's why. Because they, when you buy this one, it comes in a box with two glasses. 
Oh, oh yeah. Man. It was so yeah, nice. The, the guy at the store pulled it out for us. He's like, wait, wait, if you're going to buy that one, let me give you the specialty case. And he gave us little boxes. They do that around Christmas here. Yeah. You yeah. must be good customers, guys. What'd well, you get, we, Kyle? What what kind of jack do you have? I uh, So I don't usually like jack. So I had to go all for it. So I went with the <laughs> single barrel barrel proof. Okay, because I love like... barrel proof bourbon. So I figure I might as well. Oh, Craig's got it too. Nice. Call, Kyle. I found yeah, we were we were flirting with that idea and I wanted to my my better angel suggested so but in this case I was like you know what I want to know what's the jack that I was drinking like if anytime I've had jack jack and coke whatever like this like weird memory of of the first time having whiskey I was like what did that taste like so I I, I uh gonna start there and then you know we'll see someday all right I think I think all the jack have that flavor that you know it's jack even if it's you know number seven all the way to yeah i don't think i've ever had jack by itself so i don't actually I... know what that is and i something I, I realized it's like super low proof well here's the deal I just realized it, this was... when your dad and i used to drink it regularly it was 86 <laughs> proof mm. they lowered the proof in 2006 Four maybe two thousand and six, uh, and that was probably an economic choice. Yes, you have proof of that. Hmm. There, there he is. Early. There he is. <laughs> bad, bad jokes is. started. Where are you guys getting on the nose there? It smells like Jack Daniels to me. See, this is just nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, right? this smells like Jack too, and this is the sweet corn mash. This is what sweet corn mash smells like to me. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I keep thinking like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to buy all these nice, nice uh, whiskeys. And, and the funny thing is, Jack's not the cheapest thing on the on the menu. Uh, oh. I, I was trying to figure out like, why? Why Jack? Why is Jack's first for everybody? We just mark it so well. And, and why is it controversial? I think it's controversial. It's controversial to us for some reason. Are we just assholes now? No, I think because I think it's not bourbon, right? It is bourbon. Technically, it is bourbon. The thing that I think, and your dad's going to correct me if I'm (laughs) wrong, the the thing I think that that doesn't make it, you know, authentically bourbon, because it it is really bourbon all the way up to the point that they filter it through the charcoal. That's correct. Okay. So, so it, it's mashed bill. The charcoal adds flavor, and that's a bourbon no-no. Right. Let me, let, let me ask you this then. How does Ezra Brooks get away with doing charcoal filter and still calling it bourbon? Good question. That's a good <laughs> they question. shouldn't be able to. <laughs> I'll, I'll, right. we, can't, we don't challenge Craig. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, no, don't challenge me. Challenge <laughs> Challenge the fuck out of them. No one's ever done it before. We weren't sure what was going to happen. <laughs> Get a guest speaker in, right? Five minutes. I'm already challenging it. <laughs> you just see Alec press mute. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, um, Did you say something to dad? <laughs> super easy to drink straight out of the bottle because it's so low proof. Like, we're yeah. usually around 100. I could, like, probably just drink this. So, so Alec, I used it first straight out of the bottle like you and I like to do now sometimes is mm. is a, a wash right to, to prepare my palate for drink tasting and drinking bourbon yeah but you're right it was easy smooth i mean uh, the gentleman's chug all right so yes i said it 
the gentleman's chug. This is this weird thing that's happening right now on bourbon Twitter or bourbon Facebook or bourbon whatever. People are chugging their bottles. Why? Why are you doing that? I don't know. I don't have an answer and I don't do it. I think it's fair to say that when we all first tried Jack Daniels for the first time or when we had it as a young person, we probably chugged it or at least drank it rapidly. We weren't looking for caramel. We weren't looking for vanilla. We weren't trying to taste the mash bill. We just wanted to party. Party hard, said Andrew W.K. And that's what we did. Timmy, so this, what's the mash bill? Oh boy, now you had to say that. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> this single barrel uh, barrel strength is really good, actually, and doesn't remind me at all of the Jack Daniels I drank when I was a teenager. Right. Mm. So it's eighty percent corn, twenty mm. or eighty percent corn, twelve percent malted barley, and eight percent rye. It's a low rye. Wow. And a heavy corn. He- yeah, heavy corn, eighty percent. That's why. That's why on the nose. Yeah. You get that sweet from the corn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But not like the brown sugar sweet, right? No, or is that? Not, not. Like corn syrup sweet. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, to me it's like corn syrup, like uh, like Cairo or, it's not molasses. Molasses has a different, yeah. Molasses, you know the joke about molasses? And here he comes with his irreverent humor. Two little baby moles looking out of the hole at springtime and a third one holding them up so they can peek out. And the first one says, wow, look at that green grass. And the second one says, man, it smells like spring. And the third one says, all I smell is molasses. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it. Yeah, that may be the oldest joke of my life. Yeah, that one the longest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming. Todd. I felt it. If someone said molasses, I went, "Here we go." So, <laughs> he's winding up. <laughs> so, Kyle, old Kyle, Kyle, how do you like that barrel proof as well? It's it's really tasty. Honestly, it it if you didn't tell me it was Jack Daniels, I wouldn't have put it as Jack Daniels. I, I, again, I'm not a big Jack Daniels fan, but if you poured it, I would have said, "Oh yeah, this is a this is a good barrel proof bourbon," <laughs> and it's Jack. What's the what's the proof on that? One thirty point nine. Kyle, what's that? Uh, like, what's the difference between the single barrel and um, the standard? Like, what are you noticing the most, other than like the the proof, the heat? Yeah, I mean, the, well, the, that's the hard thing is I just took a sip of this and I can't even taste it uh, <laughs> after, after the hundred and thirty proof. I got yeah, it's like no, this this tastes like brown water now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a watery version of what I had the first time. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Oh, thing. I got yeah, I gotta tell you the jack on, <laughs> on ice. It doesn't linger. It doesn't live up to the uh, the smell, but it it's just it's it's a smooth drinking, you know. I mean, that's why I think no real finish or linger. Right? I'd have it on. I'd have it on an airplane. And that's just it. That's where my note comes from. Jack is an old friend. You forgot why you lost touch, right? You'd have it on an airplane. It's reliable. You'd share it if you had to. It's definitely something easy to pass around the fire. Jack is an old friend. And some old friends 
are lockboxes for stories we probably shouldn't tell everybody, but we're going to. How many nights did you spend sitting around the campfire at the cabin? My whole life. Right, so one of those special nights, I had a bottle of Jack with me and I was mm, 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there. 21. Impressionable. At least <laughs> 21. And uh, Grandma Bayless came and sat next to me. Great Grandma Bayless for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, what are you drinking? And I said, well, it's Jack, Jack Daniels. It was Jack and Coke, actually. Mm -hmm. And she said she had a little glass that she had drank a little beer out of. Mm -hmm. She goes, is that, that that smoky whiskey from Tennessee? Mm. And I said, yep, it sure is. She goes, do you mind pouring a little bit in my glass? <laughs> <laughs> so at, at that point at the campfire, I was sharing Jack Daniels whiskey with great grandma Bayless. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. Kind of like uh, an acceptance into the circle of being allowed to drink, right? Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. I've offered that uh, circle of acceptance to people much younger than that, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. You promised you promised Jack stories. Okay, well let's let's get going. All, first of all, th this was the the liquor that your dad and I drank, and that it, he was Coke, I was ginger ale. Cocaine um, or Coca Cola? Coca Cola. Oh right, <laughs> for the record, just for the re just for the record. Yeah, he he used to take this stuff intravenously, you know. <laughs> so. And then the funny story is um, Josh's mother, our first date, she had, which should have been a telltale, she <laughs> brought a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> On the first we, date? I don't, yeah, because she knew that's what Craig and I drank. Oh, that's nice. In that. And, uh, but that should have been a telltale sign. Was my dad on the first date with you guys? He's in the back seat. He kept saying, "Pass me that bottle again." <laughs> <laughs> if we were if we were drinking, it was always this. It was always sponsored by Jack. <laughs> was I married when you had your first date with Liz? Yes, I'll bet I was. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, and just wow, nineteen I wasn't years old. To share with his girlfriend because I was newly married. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, I remember some... To me, I, when she gave it to me, I go, yeah, thanks. Okay, I, Craig and I will really enjoy this. <laughs> after, after the date. <laughs> I remember some story of you guys like going to some party and jumping over a hedge and like going, escaping at the cops came and some, some you escaped outside the back of the... Tim McNally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim McNally's house. Yeah, that was funny because... Everybody was outside on the back patio, which was concrete, and they all had glass, glass glasses in their hand, yeah, drinking beer and whatever. I wasn't actually, and I wasn't drinking at all because it was just a kegger, and I don't like right. But as soon as somebody ran out the back door and said "cops," all you heard was psh, 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 uh. all these glasses getting dropped and people running. Oh wow. And so yeah, a broken glass to clean up for somebody. For somebody. Not and me, because I ran too. <laughs> and then the, the the one night your your Aunt Debbie caught us at, at 
coming in, we were, I was trying to get your dad in the window. We were out past curfew, sneaking into the window. That was a good night. I was, I didn't drink at all. Mm -hmm. Your dad must've ate something bad. (laughs) (laughs) Something didn't agree with his tum tum. (laughs) And uh, yeah. And Debbie says, what are you guys doing? <laughs> she caught you trying to lift my dad up into the window? Oh, yeah. No, I, I back then, we were both strapping lads. I could throw him through the window. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle. Uh, you guys got any oh good Jack, Jack stories or? Uh, not that we can tell on this. Uh, yeah, any ones that the, lawyer, the lawyers tell you not to? What's the PG-13 rated he, version of your story? Yeah, he has a Jack story, but doesn't have anything to do with whiskey. And frankly, it gets worse from there. Your hands aren't that big, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> when, I no. think of, when I think of Jack, I think of... Jail. What was her name? <laughs> oh, that's right, because he going to jail tonight, ain't he, honey? <laughs> it's a good place at their house. He's like, let's play cops and robbers, oh, baby. Oh, no, no, he's going in lockdown tonight. <laughs> Solitary confinement. <laughs> what do you no, think I of, Devin? I think of, what was her name again? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Kyle knows her name. He married her. (laughs) This is what we do. We're brothers. We're best friends. We're father and son. We're all looking for some way to connect. And bourbon is how we do it. It feels good to laugh. 11 years ago, where we all started kind of hanging out in a group, and then Kyle and I just started hanging out. Just, you know, one on one. Just the two to make of it us. exclusive. It was like, well, I like Kyle a lot, so I want to hang out with Kyle more. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Devin and I, it was one of those situations where, like, you've got a group of friends and then you keep gravitating towards the same person. And then we all of a sudden kind of look to each other and we're like, we don't need to just hang out when everyone else is hanging out. We can just be friends. So <laughs> it was one of those that worked out pretty easily. We want to, uh, What's the joke? Like switch, make it a joke. Like male relationships are really important. Yeah. Don't. And we are raised. I don't know if we're raised. Our culture of of sort of toxic masculinity doesn't allow for us to embrace male relationships to have like loving, compassionate, tender relationships with each other. And that's what we're. So it's kind of funny to work through that as adults. We we start to realize how important that is. But I think that's really interesting. Like that's like, and that to me is like I I'm. I'm comfortable with it because I also, I feel like I, well, dad, it, dad is a sensitive person. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're like, you're, you're uh, overly emotive or anything, but he's certainly sensitive, but having brothers too, like it, it's a weird mix of like that macho brother dynamic of like fighting and, and pushing and punching, but also having like grown up with tender male relationships, like Devin and I would, would choose to sleep in the same bed together. As teenagers, whoa, you know I mean? whoa, whoa! I, I don't know, but that's that was not what I'm saying. We're not. 
That we're not. Uh, that's, not that's a true story. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's a, no, but we're not. That's. I uh, thought that was between us. Like, our, yeah, yeah. And then Alan Ryan. and I, with our eight-year difference. <laughs> oh, Ryan, remember when you used to ask me for back massages? I was just gonna bring back massages <laughs> up. And the best part about back massages were Devin and I would decide who went first and who went second because the second one got to fall asleep to the massage. <laughs> <laughs> that's brothers right there. Yeah. My friendship with Devin is making more and more sense by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> All those back massages. Nothing's changed, guys. I've just become the, the, the fourth brother. I think. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's nice when you can have an open intellectual conversation where you're trying to just listen to what other person's opinion is and actually like diagnose it and say, okay, yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. I can relate to that and I can understand that. And I'm going to think about that one before I respond. Hey, Devin, mm -hmm. instead of just yes. like having a pre-meditated opinion on everything. As yeah. a person with brothers, it was, I'm like less good at making friends because I already had two built-in ones. I always felt like kids who <laughs> didn't have siblings were like better at making friends. I see an opposite. Ah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I had two brothers I and I was say, like, God, I need to make friends. <laughs> right. Go. Go ahead, Kyle. It, it depends on the stage in life, honestly. I mean, like, I, I feel like when I was younger, I was worse at making friends because, right, because you don't have that socialization that you have with brothers. Like, you grew up in the same house with somebody else all the time. I grew up talking to adults. So it's like I didn't have – there, there was a point in my life where, you know, maybe third, fourth, fifth grade where, like, I felt – older than all the kids I was with. Cause it's like my, all my conversations outside of school weren't with other kids. They were with my parents or with their friends. That's fascinating. Um, but yeah, so that was weird. But then I, like, you know, the older I got, I think you're kind of right. Right. So that I was kind of forced to make friends of my own age, I guess, if that makes sense. But I think I value and not to knock on anybody else with brothers, but like I look at Devin and our friend Dan as my brothers, like they're, I, I would the things that you guys feel about like running through a wall for people. I mean, I feel like that with them. Uh, and I think you just find that brotherly bond with friends instead. What about 100%. their dads? What about what? Their dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their dads are like my second dads. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> Dad, dad's like, are you my friend also? Dad, are your friend too? Hundred <laughs> percent. I need a friend. How <laughs> can I be your friend? Yeah, you can be my friend. Uh, you, you drank at my bar. <laughs> We're best friends, yeah. right? <laughs> I think that's interesting too. Like, I feel like bourbon in the bourbon community is like the best way for, for people to bond because it's like it's over booze, and it's just like there's this like ever evolving chase for different ones and like sharing. And it's like a great way to uh, create a community as an adult, at least because I know it's like. It's fucking weird to make friends as an adult. Like, think about where you're at right now and adding new friends into your life at that point. It's weird. A good spirit will open the heart. Mm -hmm. This is oh, it, it's, it's funny. Or <laughs> Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels works too. <laughs> yeah. You just need a lot of it. So as per usual, we've gone down some rabbit holes and ended up back on the old dusty family bonding trail. It's vital to our lives and essential to our bourbon experience. Now, as promised, I'd like to talk about another very important bond in the history of whiskey, the one between Jack Daniel and Mr. Nathan Nearest Green. Here's the facts as we know them. Dan Call, a man of supposed Christian faith, 
a man who was credited really for teaching Jack Daniel how to make whiskey, had an enslaved man working on his family farm. That was Mr. Nathan, Uncle Nearest Green. Nearest taught Jack how to make whiskey. When Jack opened his first distillery, just a year after the end of slavery, he hired Nearest to become his master distiller. And subsequently, he also hired many other members of the Green family, and they formed the core crew of the young but visionary company. And, according to Wikipedia, in all, seven straight generations of Nearest Green's descendants have worked for Jack Daniel Distillery, with three direct descendants continuing to work there as of November 2017. We want to thank Mr. Nathan, Uncle Nearest Green, for your meaningful contribution to our love language. We are grateful that your whiskey has given us so much joy. All right, fellas. What's the last word on Jack Daniels whiskey? Jack's good. Jack's good. And it there's a reason why it has been around this long and it has it's stuck around because like as Ryan said earlier, they've been excellent at marketing. And the flavor is always so consistent and it's a fun flavor. It's easy to drink. And you can mix it. It's a very good mixing alcohol. <laughs> I just I just gotta say thanks for the trip down to Nostalgia Lane because I I haven't had uh Jack Daniels in a long time and probably wouldn't have visited Jack without you guys and uh good good uh, to see an old friend even yeah, if you lost yeah. touch yeah yeah Jack's everyone's old friend that's that's a cool part about it too yeah. no, never been a great friend but he's always there <laughs> and he's drunk <laughs> everyone has a good memory and a bad memory with Jack Daniels yeah you've all thrown it up and it's and you know what? Would you rather throw up an eighty-proof whiskey or a hundred and twenty-proof whiskey? By the way, I finished three bottles. <laughs> <laughs> bottles of Gentleman Jack and one of Jack Black. No, at this, at this, at this. <laughs> and I'm still dancing. And that's our program. Thanks for listening to the Bourbon Library. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.